This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. Here on Rally Check Radio, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Remember, you can give us a text at 2057. Email me inbox at rallycheck.radio. I do love having your feedback of all shapes and sizes, but I got the very best feedback ever for my whole time on the show uh, this week, which I put a call out because I was wondering about raising hens and whether it's hard work or easy. And what do you do if you're a bit scared of hens like me? I am a bit scared of hens. I don't know. They look at me and I think that it's like, a, I don't know, is it some dinosaur staring back at me? There's something about their eyes and then their beaks and their funny ears. But anyway, they lay beautiful eggs. And we go through a lot of eggs and everyone knows you had to go along. You only get a carton of eggs, cost you an arm and a leg, take a mortgage out to just feed the kids and eggs. So I was wondering about raising hens for eggs but I didn't quite know how to do it. And I put a call out. Can you imagine it? Straight away, we had a listener saying, oh, I can help you with this. Well, here she is. Good morning, Clem. Good morning, Rene. Um, Do you listen to RCR? Yes, uh, when I can. You know, I Good. have to work out children's, but yes, otherwise I do. And you enjoy it? Yes, I really enjoy it. It's really interesting, the diversity of discussion and subjects. Uh, it's really interesting. I'm always learning. Great. And um, do you tend to listen to the replays or listen to it live? What's, or a bit of both? A bit of both because uh, sometimes I listen to it live and I, it doesn't fit my mood. And sometimes I listen to a replay because I'm learning something on the subject and I know I can stop and take it back on if I, I need to. So it's a bit of mix. It's really good. Good for you. Now, where were you from originally? From France. Which part of France? Um, not a good subject. I've been traveling quite a bit, so I'm a bit from everywhere. Oh, really? And you have a French husband? Yes, I do. And what brought you to New Zealand? Why New Zealand? All the countries in the world, you decided to leave France. Why, why throw the dart and hit New Zealand? Um, I didn't meet my husband in French. I met my husband in New Caledonia. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a neighbor place to New Zealand. But we actually traveled back to France. And from there, uh, we tried to settle in Switzerland. But in Switzerland, um, it didn't work. So we were looking for an environmental friendly country uh, with mountains. And uh, we easily choose Canada or New Zealand. And uh, New Zealand was easier for us to get into with visas. So we just decided to go to New Zealand and we never regretted it. It's an amazing oh, place. Oh, well, thank you. The, the, the thing we love the most is the people. You know, like, you don't realize how powerful and friendly and helpful you know, Kiwis are. That's, that's the most amazing thing you can have. I'm so pleased to hear that because I feel. And maybe it's me, funnily enough. I feel as though we've got sort of moody and low and not the happy people, we carefree people we once were because of COVID and government and restrictions. And I hope we can get it back. But then sometimes I think it might just be me. <laughs> that if I lightened up and smiled, more people would smile back. But I'm so pleased to hear that for you. And you have Kiwi children? 
Yeah, three children. How old are they? Uh, six, four, and two, and homeschooled since the beginning of the year. Homeschooled? Yeah. Wow. Are you homeschooling like the four-year-old or not yet? Yes, yes. Even the two-year-old is starting to have some Great. kind of a, you know, you, it's in a habit. So because the first one is the first two ones are doing it, the last one wants to do it too. So it's kind of a growing in a habit of this is the time you are learning something. Good for you. Good for you. Um, and tell me, you mentioned that your pick of countries, it had to be with mountains. Why mountains? My husband is from the French Alps. And does he like the mountains to look at or does he like the mountains to get amongst? Uh, he likes the mountain to snowboard. Ah, snowboarding. So where does he snowboard? Uh <laughs> Three kids and the six doesn't mean we cannot <laughs> snowboard often, but uh, we went to uh, um, Ruaperus this year. Ruaperus, um, yes. Uh, but that's, yeah, it's, it's starting to pick up again now that uh, the kids are bigger, but it's the first year you are really, really too busy yeah. to do anything else. <laughs> well, I can't snowboard or ski, but my kids do. So come to Queenstown and I'll take you up. I'll drive you up in my four-wheel drive and you go to Coronet, Remarkables, Cadrona, Treble Cone. I might take you up on this one. Yeah, because um, the snowboarders seem to love Remarkables. Um, so there you go. And I have uh, looked after people there. Now tell me, uh, what got you into having hens? Um, um, I think, um, I needed a pet and, uh, we weren't having pets because we were renting, uh, it was a house divided in multiple flats and you couldn't have any cats or dogs. So I wanted a pet to take care of it. As uh, the other side, as it would give you some eggs, so it was productive, but I really need to do something outside because I was looking for a job also at the time, and I was looking, spending a lot of time writing cover letters and uh, and uh, updating CVs and contacting people. I was really exhausted of working on my computer, so I needed to do physical work. So building the chicken coop and uh, getting hens was a long-term goal that was getting me outside every day. Right. Now, first things first, what do you do for a chicken coop? I've Googled it. Oh, my God, there's hundreds of chicken coops. There's hundreds of theories about how you build chicken coops. <laughs> and I got a bit overwhelmed. So what did you do? For, what do you do for your chicken coops? Uh, so I can say you can build it any shape or size, whatever you like. For me, it's important that it's rodent proof. So I try to have a floor. Some people don't, but yes. because I have a floor means just a pallet. Yes. But uh, it avoids the rats to go through and it ensures when you have chicks that nothing can kill them during the night. And it happened to me once, and I promise you, that's not, not it's not beautiful in the morning. So no. um, it's really important for me that it's fully close up. That's a place that they can uh, really be safe. Yeah. Um, hens nights, uh, hens like to roost quite high. So, um, the, the last coop we've made is, uh, you can stand in it so that yes. this way they can 
uh, um, crew at night really high and you don't have to burn or crawl anywhere when you need to go in. Yes. Uh, one thing I would say is really important is to have what we call uh, here is drawers. So it's an outdoor space on the outside that's go inside and you lift a lid and allow to get an X from the nest box. Yes. So this way you don't have to go in every time you want to get the nest and get all dirty because the inside of the coop is quite dirty because, you know, they sleep at night and the yeah. coop and everything. And if, even if you clean it up, it's still quite dirty. So you have a, a roost box that you can enter, you can open up without going into the coop. And I read somewhere that where they roost, God knows how chicken hens work this out because they look stupid to me. You need to have the where they roost higher than where they lay their eggs. Yes, because otherwise they will tend to think that uh, the where they lay the eggs is where they need to roost. And what's happening is then they poo in the uh, like in the nest, and then you get dirty eggs. Okay. So it's not really healthy. And, and you need to clean it up all the time. So you need to have really high um, perch for them to roost at night. And you also uh, need to make sure they have clean access. And um, your nest needs you to have a bit of privacy. So it doesn't mean to be fully closed up, but having uh, curtains or uh, some uh, something on cover, like uh, we use cocoa beans to do the, um, the floor. Um, you know, chicken coop, but anything like uh, wood shaving, hay would work too. But uh, what, what do you does, use? Cocoa, cocoa beans, cocoa beans. You know the the shells of the cocoa. Oh, okay, cocoa beans shell. Cocoa, okay. cocoa uh, it's cocoa beans husk. Okay. Um, and you buy that, do you, or where do you get cocoa beans? Uh, you you can buy someone train me. We have a contact in Pereira, but you can buy them around. But anyway, like it doesn't have to be cocoa. Uh, it can be shavings. And is that for the floor or the nest? So that's for the floor. For the nest, okay. you need hay. And if you don't hay. have hay, just grab some uh, some grass, let it dry out, and put it there, and that will do the trick. Okay, so. Explain this to me, and I'm sorry, I'm extremely ignorant of hens. So during the day, a hen wanders around and eats and pecks at the ground, and then at night, it goes inside all on its own. It finds its way inside and yeah. climbs up and sits on a roost and sleeps standing up. So that's a theory. You'll have a bit of production hens that will try to roost outside. Yes. <laughs> you, um, you'll have some, uh, if you don't have enough room in your coop or if uh, you have some leg uh, some red mite, they might start to want to sleep outside. And okay. if you get some wild hens uh, there, because they are used to sleep outside, it's going to get hard to get them to roost inside. But okay. uh, so hens are animals of habits. And hens are flock animals, so they live all together. And if you keep an habit, so as the first few days, it's really important to get the habits. Okay. So um, when you get a new hens, usually uh, if you don't have a flock, keeping them enclosed for a couple of days so they know this is their home okay, uh, is important. And then you can have them uh, going wandering outside. They will come back because they know, they know this is their home. 
Okay. Um, because I have quite a few hens and rooster right now, I have no problem to get a new one. I just put him at um, during the night. So in the evening, I put the new hen or new rooster in, and in the morning, he wakes with everyone. So he belongs to the flock. So it reduces the fightings, and then uh, everyone goes out, and the new one is a bit disturbed, but he, uh, he can see everyone doing stuff. So he's in kind of being integrated already. Already. Okay. They don't attack him or her. No, usually they don't because mine are free ranging, and so uh, you know if you get bullies, it just go away, and okay. that's fine. Um, so they often, they sl- they sleep standing up. Yes, uh, not like uh, crouching on the perch. Like okay. they will be kind of sitting on on the perch. And do they poop all the time? During the night, yes, they do. I do not and, recommend to sleep under them. <laughs> wow! And then they poop during the day too. Yes, chicken poop quite a bit, but it's actually really good for the soul. Yes, good for the soul. Wally's told us that. So, but when they decide to lay an egg, because I just thought eggs would just pop out, right? But when they decide to lay an egg, they get the urge to lay an egg and they go to the roosting, the, the egg laying part. What do you call that? The, the nest. The nest. They go to the nest to lay the egg because what they want to feel safe and something yeah. soft. So, um, like the theory is, they will go to the nest. So, if you want, if you don't have any eggs, or uh, if there your chicken doesn't don't have any habit, it's <coughs> sorry, it's good to have some uh, fake wooden eggs in your nest. Ah. <laughs> Because what he will do is it will trigger the idea that already a hen came here and think it's comfy place, so they will come back. Okay. So having a fake and not the plastic ones because they are too light. The wooden one is really important because the hens know what weight is supposed to have a good egg. So, so if, if they the, see if they if they see a wooden egg, they think, oh, that some hens laid that egg there, so that must be a safe and good place to lay an egg. Exactly. It's peculiar because, and then the other thing is, relative to the hen, the egg is big, right? Yep. And they pop one of those eggs out daily sometimes. I even had a hen who was doing eggs twice a day, once in the morning, once in the night, and some of those were double yolks. That's a lot of energy going into that. I mean, to start from nothing and make an that's egg a- in 12 hours, that's what's happening, right? It's making an egg in 12 hours. Uh, yeah, she was doing eggs every six hours. Wow. Because she was, yeah, it was really impressive. She was really, super, really good. Super hen. How do you know which hen is laying the eggs? I don't. Okay. I like some. I, I sometimes find what you'll find is um, hens like to share a good nest. So they'll go around and try to find a good stuff pot. So if your egg production is going down, it's probably, especially in spring, it means probably you have a nest somewhere and you have a few hens that are uh, hiding it. And okay. you might end up to have a broody in a couple of weeks, which you will, will, if you have a rooster, you might have a hatch. They don't have a rooster, then you will have rotten eggs and you will need to deal with broody. Okay. So tell me, um, 
the hens wander outside and you say yours are just free range. So are they fenced in or they could go anywhere they chose? No, I fenced in my gardens because they don't need to run as much as my chickens. You fence in your gardens? Yes. Yeah. So you get so that's that's to stop your hens from going to your garden and scratching that up. So yeah. they can wander over everything else. Do they not wander very far? Um not really far. Like they will go a bit further away, but they like it's depending what time. So um, if I want to train my hen to go back into laying in the chicken coop, I usually close them up in the morning for a couple of hours to make sure that uh, the other hen sees them, each other laying in the nest box, so okay. they understand this is a place. And usually when you do that for a couple, like five days a week or one week, most of the hens, you always have some reluctance, but most of the hens will go back into the coop to lay the eggs. So um, they were, like if I close them up, they won't go as much further than, you know, maybe to, uh, I don't know, I can hear them around, I don't know how far it is but if uh, if I leave it open, sometimes I don't see them at all and then they come uh, back um, uh, late afternoon and that's fine because I know they are not far, it's just they are scratching in the bush and laying and uh, scratching eating the the worms and the bugs and everything like the bush love it so you should see the bush since we arrived eight years ago it's amazing like it's been growing like crazy it's really healthy and the soil is getting really better so it's kind of the way i see it it's kind of having full-time gardeners that lay eggs so it's quite interesting if you have a bit of length so you're now living on did you say 10 acres hectares Hectares, oh, so it's big. And so you have a garden, which you fenced off, you have grass, and you have bush. Yeah, mainly and, bush. And that, mainly bush. And the hens wander into the bush and disappear. Yep, they'll come and, back. And in the bush they're eating grubs and pooping and yep. making a cycle. Yes. Now, they when they come back, into your coop, people are going to be listening to this and thinking, "We've Rodney Hyde is so stupid." Do you? They climb, they climb into their little house and roost. Do you shut the door? So um, sometimes yes, sometimes not. Like um, if you have some chicks, which are little. They are kind of fragile at this time, and um, a weasel or uh, rats could attack them. So okay. I, I close them up to make sure that nothing can attack them during the night. That's okay. rule number one. But uh, sometimes during winter, when it's pouring and raining, I don't have the danger to go in the night and <laughs> close up the door. Okay. So some people have some automatic doors, uh, like that close up, with the light and open up and everything. Um, I don't have that, but that's okay. an option for those who want to just trust the system. And presumably you have to give them water? Yes. So what I've done is my uh, food system and water system. So food si water system is fully independent. On the chicken coop, I have water. Um, I get the water from rainwater into a drum. Yeah. And then I have uh, some uh like chicken water water cups 
which yeah. I uh, you do a drill into your uh, drum, and then you um, have you tie it in the back. And what it does is you have a pebble in the middle, and the chicken learns that when they move the pedal, water comes out. So they drink the water and it's all well clean and fresh. So ah. my water system is fully independent. I don't have to water them at all. Wow. And do, do, does the water get dirty or does that system ensure that it doesn't get dirty with the hens? So it doesn't get dirty because it's coming from the chicken coop and then all the leaf gets in the oh, bottom. Wow. Oh, wow. So, so it's never like um, I think we've cleaned it twice and it was mainly because one of the um, thread was leaking which can happen you just need to okay. put some seekers and like um it was the first hole was made on these drums with the system and it was a bit too wide so uh, when the chicken were going past it it was moving it and then it finished to go uh leaking so we have fixed that now but other than that it's kind of yeah, we didn't make any change since like maybe five years and we don't have much to do. Wow. Now, tell me, um, we're talking, by the way, to an RCR listener who answered my cry to explain to us about hens and get me excited about hens. I got excited about hens and, oh, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not sure I'd like it. But so far, this is sounding extraordinary. Tell me, you also... They go out into the forest and eat grubs and fossick around and scratch around and do good things for the soil with their scratching as long as they don't get into your garden. But you also feed them. Yep. So what we have is a pedal feeder. So yes. we have a made or first people pedal feeder where we were in Newtown. And it lasted um yeah, probably a year, but it was the first one. So a pedal feeder is basically the chicken step on the pedal and it opens the lid and the chicken can eat. And then it goes away and the, uh, the lid goes down. So the food cannot be accessed by the rats, the other birds or anything. So you keep the food just for your chickens. It yeah. also works with the ducks and the turkeys. They get it quite okay. <clears throat> but what it does also is... It means that if you have a big storage of grain, you don't have to worry about it because suddenly uh, you have food for one week. So we only need to feed them once a week in the pedal feeder. My goodness. My goodness. Because um, I just imagined all the water and the food getting filthy. But what you're saying is if you have a feeder and a water feed system, it's it's on demand with the hen being able to access it, and uh, they can just go and get it. So, how often do you need to clean your coop? Normally, it's every three weeks, depending on how many chicken you have. You will yeah. have to do it more during uh, winter, because during winter the nights are longer, so it's more during uh, during the night in the coop. But and is that sort of scraping out the poo? Yeah. So what we have done in our chickens' coops is put uh, a tarpaulin on the bottom that we staple in on the side. So when we clean it out, it's really easy to scrape out. So you, you, you've got a tarpaulin there. Yeah. Yeah. And staple it on the side, everything. Yes. And then when you come with um, the shovel, and you just get it out. It's really easy because uh, it's not stuck in the wood in between. Oh, I see. I see. You leave you leave the, you leave the tarpaulin in there. You don't pull it yep. out. You just shovel it off the tarpaulin. Yep. And then what do you do with your 
hen poo? Um, I put it in my gardens. Like, uh, like depending on the time of the year, um, uh, if it's winter, I will put it in some gardens that I don't use. And okay. if it's summer, uh, it will be either being a place that's going to be a new garden or I'll compost it. But I won't put it on anything growing yet because you will kill it off. It's way okay. too acidic. Okay. Professor Wally Richards, our gardening guru, says that the best manure you can get is hen poo. And we got some access to some horse poo, and that's quite good too. Okay. <laughs> um, so. What happens, does your chicken coop have to be insulated? No. No. Actually, having lots of bird in the small space means it's actually quite uh, warm during okay. winter. Uh, but what you have to do is if you like, um, what I've learned on my, um, when we started here is that you need to have ventilation. If your chicken coop is too hot, you won't be able, the hen are not going to go back, uh, back in to lay in the chicken, um, nest. And if they don't, they will find some nest not far away, but it's just the coop is too hot and okay. they won't go there. So for, uh, we basically just. Um, like all, all ones are made in um, wood. So we just um, cut some pieces and we have kind of um, a cover that we can put on top and clip in during winter. And during summer, we just open it and remove it so it's cool enough and create enough ventilations. Okay. Tell me, why do your hens have to be fed food if they're running around in the bush eating grubs? Uh, I think it's... Also, for me, it's more a relationship. So, okay. because I, I can feed them by hands, I, I maintain a good connection with them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think it's a productivity thing too. I never try like, um, like during summer. Sometimes I don't feed them as much because I know there is a lot of bugs. But during mm -hmm. winter, I make sure it's really topped up because I mm -hmm. know there is not always enough food, and I want them to stay strong during mm -hmm. winter. You you're in Wellington. In winter, they stop laying and go through something of a molt or something, I read. No, so the molt uh, is depending on the hens. So not all the hens will molt at the same time. I have some ones, some ones that start uh, molting in April, May. I had some ones uh, starting molting in June and where we get those crazy south winds and they are uh, like barely naked with this like five millimeters feathers wow. and, and I'm freezing cold for them. And they stay usually in the coop, so which tells you that it's way warm mm. there. Um, so the trick for that, which I've learned, is that you need to have pullet every year that will um, the pullet from the year we start laying um, actually in June, so you will still have a low product egg production during winter, and uh, not have any egg withdrawal. So we, if you do that, you will have some eggs full year around. What's a pullet? A pullet is a young hen. Okay, so you so get young hens in at the start of winter. I don't get them. I hatch them. I got oh. oh wow! So oh, so you're a breeder of hens. Uh, I've crossbred my hens for eight years. Yes, I'm crossbreeding heritage hens for eight years. I I made a, pro, uh, a point to myself to make sure that I have crossbred because they are uh, stronger, 
because you don't have a uh, problem for me with spirits and mm. as only my point of view and don't take it for real but um, um you get defect like in breeds of dogs or, or horses where when you get uh cross birds usually is, uh, at one point you'll get stronger birds mm. so my birds are usually really strong and really healthy and i also um i also eat the, I eat the roosters so i need also big ones so i crossbreed big heritage ends so heritage is uh you know the traditional yes um breeds. so you got it you get heritage hens to start with and then you have a rooster roost one rooster i usually have two two and what are the roo- have... what, what what's the breed of the rooster um so usually what i try to do is keep one rooster of my flock and get a new rooster from uh somewhere else so i get okay. new bloods and i get also some good new genes from uh, some right. genes of my flock so i mix it up so I don't know how to word this. You're eating eggs, right? Yeah. But some eggs are getting fertilized. All I of don't them. want all of them. All of them. All the eggs I'm eating are fertile. With a wee chicken inside. No. <laughs> so to get the chicks, there is a process. That's I, like get when the bir- I get the birds and the bees. We don't need to go into that. But no, d- I don't. A rooster... I... <laughs> <laughs> no, so I know the process. As get... a hen needs to get broody. Ah. So all... if you you all your eggs are fertile, you won't yes. get a chick if your hen is not broody and not sitting on the eggs for twenty one days. And promise you, it's quite short twenty one days. Oh, so. so... A, a, a hen gets pregnant and knows it's pregnant. No, so uh, she doesn't Sorry, know if her eggs. So what's happening? Uh, the process is kind of hormonal, and that she see a big pile of eggs, and suddenly, and especially the small bad hen hens are. Um, um, have a really good reputation to get broody and yep. once you get broody it means our body temperature our hormones kick in and our body temperature gets hotter and what she does is she fills the urge to stay on the eggs so she usually pick a few feathers to uh, to make it comfy for a nest and then she will stay on there and she will warm them up and she will stay there for 21 days only so getting out once or twice a day to eat and drink but she always come back. So you know when you go to your they that that gosh I sound stupid. I'm a city boy, right? So you know you go and click your eggs for breakfast in the morning and you open up your um box and there's all these eggs sitting there with no hen on them. You say, Oh, those eggs are good to eat, they've not got a chick inside them. Yeah, but if there's a if there's a hen sitting on there, you think, hang on, that hen could be about to lay is has has got a chicken inside that egg. You need twenty one days. Yeah, but I don't so, want to. Um, I don't want to crack an egg that's got a one day old embryo in it. I'd sort of. In you won't sit. So ah. what's happening is most of you guys, even in the um, in the commercial ones, sometimes you have fertile eggs because sometimes they mistake the 
gender sexing in the commercial breeding. And sometimes ah. I've even had stories of people. To- oh, I um, see what you're saying. That's the 21 days. So what I'm doing is I'm eating fresh eggs. I don't yeah. know whether they have been fertilized or not because nothing's happened much in that first day or two. I'm sorry. God, I'm stupid. I just imagined that I'd crack it and a chicken would fall out and I'd feel sick to my stomach. No. So this ah. is why you need an incubator or a pretty ants okay. um, to be able to hatch chicks. Okay. So you don't have to separate out. When you're breeding them, you don't have to separate out your rooster and your hens that are laying eggs because you can just tell. Uh, I just know that all my eggs are fertile. <laughs> That's yeah. basically my yeah. this is also why I have to rooster. There's two reasons I have to rooster. One of them is because um if I have a problem with one of the rooster, I still have a second one. So yes. it's backup. And the other reason is uh it's definitely sure that all the hen are being uh caught um courted for their yes. um services and are being fertilized in you know yes. The bees oh and the flowers. It's quite, and... a, it, it, it's quite a lot of biology, isn't it, happening? Um, so when these the hen sits on the egg for 21 days and out hops a chicken. A chick, yep. Tiny, chick. very tiny. Well, they're, they're very cute though, right? Yep. They're not what yellow. Is... They're not yellow. Don't be like ah. that. Okay. <laughs> what do you do with a chick? I leave them with a the hen, like you would leave a mum with her baby. Okay. <laughs> and then what happens? They just start running around too. So for me, because I'm quite in an open space and I have rats and everything, I keep them in what I call um, nurseries, which are like small coops, just okay. for them for the first like – Two, three weeks, depending on the weather, on how they are doing and all these kind of things. And and when they are strong enough, I'll leave them outside so that they can go in the wall. But what I found is I have less deaths this way, whereas otherwise I would probably lose roughly, yeah, 50% of the chicks. Like uh, in the wild, uh, one of the hen we got was from the wild and she told us that the mum had like 16 chicks and only two survived. Wow. So you you like in the real wild, like not my place, much wilder. It's really you know the number makes the strength, but they also learn to be careful of falcons, of rats, and this is a learning that you cannot teach as a human. This is what the hen learns, and hens hens learn from each other. So okay. when I get a new rooster, a new hen, they don't know how to use the pedal feeder. They don't know how to use the water. They look what the other do, and then they figure it out. Okay. Now, um, how many hens have you got? <clears throat> Around 25, including rooster probably. And if you're letting the rooster go wild, are you growing the population or is it stable at 25? Uh, it's changing all the time. Have some natural deaths, which are sickness. Have, yeah. um, there is um, um we killed um, – of course, we have roosters and we eat all roosters. So when they are starting to, if you have too many roosters, they will arrest your hens and your uh, hens will get fizzless, stressed okay. out. So it's not good. So you have to keep a balance. The ratio is, which I read on internet, which seems to work really good, is one rooster for 10 hens. 
Okay. So you're killing the, you kill the little roosters when they're chicken still, right? You can. No, like like when they're starting to be um, what we call active. So when they start to be running after the hens, this is usually the time where we end their life because this is the time where they are going to be a, um, has a hard time for the flock. And they taste good? It tastes really good because they've been free ranging. So my chicken don't take two months to grow. Like they usually take six six months because they are okay. really free ranging. So they, they grow slower, but they have bones really hard. Like if you go mm. in the supermarket and you take a chicken and you you take your bone, you can break it by hand, basically. You have no luck doing this with mines. Like the bones are so hard, you would need a hammer to break them. Wow. And they taste different to one from the supermarket? Yeah. Like, it's like, even my eggs, everything is different. Like, the one in the supermarket, once you get a uh, real free-range rooster or hens, you will feel like it's mush. It doesn't have any taste at all. It's it's tasteless. Like, my, bird, my the meat uh, from my birds are really red and, you know, uh, alive. And it's a bit tough, so you 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 need to cook it in uh, with a lot of liquids. But okay. other than that, it's really really good. And do you have trouble killing them? No, I'm starting to do it. My my husband has been doing that for a long time. So we have a technique where we basically take the rooster up his legs, and we have a, a machete, which is quite yeah. sharp. And uh, we let the rooster head on a log. Yeah. And you just wait until you settle, and then you just give the final call. Okay. Do they run around when that with that nervous thing and with blood running out of their head, or do they just? No. Go? So you you keep the you keep the legs up. Okay. And then when it's finished, usually what we do is the blood of um is. We put them on one of our gardens because it's actually really good for your plants, so yes. we don't lose it. And are they hard to pluck? With hot water, no. You take some boiling water, you pour it over them, and you plunge them in a bit of hot water and just plug it out. Ducks oh. is really hard. As a... <laughs> the hen trees. So how long would it take you to pluck a hen? Um Like to plug it and, and uh, gut it. 30 minutes? 30 minutes. That's how long it takes me to get to the supermarket to buy a dried-up old chook that's not had a happy life and been well-fed. My goodness, 30 minutes. And um, when we started, it was more one hour, one hour, 15 minutes. But with time, you get used to the fact that you really need hot water and you just make sure if it's too hard before. When it was too hard to plug the feather, we were just pulling really harder. But now we just um, put more hot water and it's easy to plug out. Okay. How do the kids must learn a lot from the hens. Yeah, they learn a lot from the chicks, from the hens. They love yeah. talking to them. Yeah. And, I mean, they learn about, like, my kids think chooks, chickens come from the supermarket. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't know what it is. Now, with 25 hens... You must get a lot of eggs some days. Yep. So, so I sell some fertile eggs. I sell some for eating too. 
and I eat some, and I'm looking at uh, having uh, some into lime water, but I didn't have time to do that yet. But apparently, in lime water, you can conserve your eggs for a year and use them as uh, it was uh, as fresh eggs. So wow, we'll I didn't know that. And 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 water. And water- in lime water, so as uh, a pl- the pickling um, pickling limes of, to make pickles. Yeah, um, I didn't do it yet, but what I've learned is that if you put that uh, at a certain ratio, then you create your lime water. You put your eggs in there, and then you cover it until the top. It doesn't even; it just needs to be covered. And what wow. it does is it, it will avoid the eggs to basically the egg is breathing, so the egg is porous. So if you stop his ability to breathe, it won't it won't move in either rotting or a diff- uh, different direction. Mm. So um, now, what's the economics of looking after hens? Do you reckon, like, what's it cost? You obviously you've got your setup costs, and that varies depending on how fancy you go. But once yeah. you set up, does the f- I guess the main cost is the feed. Yeah. Is that expensive? Uh, So 25 kg of food, and I only take grains. I don't take uh, the pellets because I think um, roux is better. So, um, um, and it's uh, what's going to happen is if your pellets get a bit of water, it's going to mold and it's not going to be good. That's okay. my experience. Don't like um, this is why I go for grains. It's last longer, and I can balance. In winter, I add more uh, corn because there is more fat into it, and it gives okay. them to go through winter. Um, but roughly one bag uh, in Wellington of twenty-five kilo of grain is around thirty-two, thirty-four dollars. Yeah. So right now. But we don't only have hens. We have turkeys. We have ducks. So and we have quite a few ducks, and they eat a lot. So right now we feed them. We buy, I think, six bags every month, roughly. Okay, so you're spending say thirty-four, sixteen, fifty dollars a week feeding your ducks, your hens, yeah, and your did you say turkeys? Yeah. Wow, and out of that. You get all the eggs you'd ever want. Yep. You're not going to be short of eggs, right, because you're selling them. No. And then how often do you eat chicken a week? Uh, we try to. It's depending on, the, like, this period is a low period because this is a period we get the chicks and not the big ones. So yeah. we don't have usually have leftovers from but for roughly – I would say once a month for the last six months of the year, we probably have at least one rooster. Once a month? Yeah. Okay. So 34. I mean, when you're paying what you're paying for eggs at the moment, like our kids, we our kids just eat egg after egg after egg. They're always eating eggs. And um, when you had to go in and buy a carton, I mean, and you can only get one carton at a time, Goodness knows why. Uh, well, I think I do know why it was the government, but anyway, and the supermarkets. But anyway, there was ex- it was so frustrating because you'd sort of go in in the morning to get a carton of eggs, and then either have your wife sneak in, I get my wife to sneak in after me and buy another carton, or how I'd have to come back and get another carton because <laughs> you you were like you're running your whole day around trying to get enough eggs to keep the kids 
fed because my kids love eggs and I think eggs are just a great wholesome food that used to be very economical and then weren't. Um, they're coming better now, of course, but it strikes me that it, it it's a good saving um, to have your own, particularly if you're getting the meat. Now, mm, I'll have something because we only talk about the food that we are buying. But you, there is also a part that is actually a lot of saving is the food scrap. So the chickens love all, most of all, all your food scrap. So at uh-huh. home, we get um, one trash bag a month out. No. Five. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And we do recycling depending on the periods uh, like we make all cheese but so when we make the cheese we recycle uh, we need to we have a full trash of bottles because we make it out of raw milk and then it's usually regulation say so it's supposed to be in bottles you can have um buckets but other than that we recycle probably once a month too or every two months uh, every two weeks depending on the type of uh, recycling so all your kitchen waste so this would be um all the green waste that you normally compost, you feed the chickens? Yeah, 90% of what you put in your compost can go to your chicken. Okay. So cabbage leaves, um, like a lot of things, like even um, leftover of meats, they love that. They will fight for it. I've, okay. I've had some, uh, like, you know, you got um, a mutton legs or a, a lamb legs, you give the bones, and I have some chicken running around with a bird in their back, and that's laughable. <laughs> oh, wow. Because um, I make a lot of bone broth, and I used to give to my neighbour who had hens. He used to love, you know, the scraps, the the celery and the carrots and the bones yep. um, from the bone broth, and his chooks would love that. Do they make a mess with it, or do they clean it up? They clean it up really tidy. Wow. And do you just put it on the ground, or do you put it in a feeder? No, we put it on the ground. So this is where uh, we have a relationship with the chickens. So this is there is special special noise I do to call them uh, for food, and they know this is the noise they need to come for. And we have a place, and it's always the same place we feed them. And it's uh, and it's and so basically I call them, and even if they are not around, I'll call them, and they'll come running to have the food. And how often do you do that? Uh, it's depending on how much waste we have, yeah. <laughs> but usually it's once a day or every two days because okay. you know we we like um, we trash a lot of things um, yeah. if you don't use compost or um, uh, yeah. so like you know all the leftovers that um, it's um, like the chicken the cabbages leaves uh, uh, so one rule is don't feed the onions. Don't fill them uh, avocado and, um, you know, um, leeks. That's like you have a list. um, Also, no citrus. But basically everything else, like potato peels, you can cook them and give them to them. It's good. You need to cook them. Well, what about diseases? Do you get diseases? Yeah. So in New Zealand, there is mainly three diseases. Uh, You have red mites. So red mites are like birds that will um, sleep in the coop and at night they will come and eat and suck out the blood of the hens. So uh, I've learned how to hard way um, and it's, 
it's basically uh, taking a lot of energy of your hands, so you won't have enough uh, eggs production, and your okay. um, the count of your chickens will start to look really pale. You know, they are okay. normally really yeah, um, bright red. If they start to look light bright and even pale, this means they don't have enough blood in their body, and probably you have uh, what we call a red mite infections. So uh, you have lots of way to treat it, but what we do is it's kind of those tiny, tiny, tiny shells that are in the powder. And you put that around in the bush in every location. And what's going to happen is the mites, it's like glass for them, and they are going to die from it. And you are going to you do that for two once a week if you have a big infections. But if you just do it to preventive, uh, especially in spring, because this is the time of the year where they all go back out, they hatch from their eggs and they come back, uh, then you will probably do it, you know, two, three times during spring and you should be fine. But just always watch out. It's easy to start when you go into the chicken coop. The red mite always go into dark spots. So they'll go hide and disappear to support or behind something. And this is something to really be wary when you are building a chicken coop is don't leave a lot of hidden places because this is where you can have all the red mites hiding and it's okay. kind of a, ha helping them breeding, basically. Okay. That's one disease. What was the next one? Leg mites. Leg mites. <clears throat> so leg mites are tiny, tiny mites that live under the scale of the legs of the hens. And you will notice that little by little, the scale will start to uh, go open and open, and then you'll have hens with really big, fat feet and legs. And this is where it's really painful for them. You will notice it. So once you know how to recognize it, you will notice it right away. But if you wait a long time, your hen is going to be tired. She's going to sit always because she doesn't want to stay on her legs because it's painful. So there is really easy way to treat that. Uh, there is someone on Train Me who has done a mix uh, of... Um, uh, essential oils and uh, with um, oils and um, bee wax and you melt it and you put it on the legs. Uh, you can also use petroleum jelly. So when you put on the baby's butt, you put that on the legs. And what's going to do is the, you do that for a couple of weeks um, as often as you can. And it's going to basically suffocate, suffocate the mite under the legs and okay. the mite will die off. Some of the little scales might go away, but that's fine. It will grow back, and it's going to be um, clean again. Sounds like I'd have to pick the hen up. Yes. Mm. So this um, is something I really recommend. If you have some hens, just try to grab them now and then and make sure that it's a comfy space for her because you need to tr be able to treat them, and you don't want to fight with them when you want to treat them. No, so I no. don't. I don't grab mine often, but when I do grab them, I make sure it's um, it's comfortable and they get used to it. And I think and I'd have to get used to it too, because you know I've never picked up a hint. They scare me a little bit. Uh, what's the third thing they can get? They can get uh, worms. So it's okay. actually the harder to manage. Uh, I don't. I've never done any uh, medical. Uh, like medicine treatment for worms i'll always do what i call preventive and so put in some cat garlic in the grain 
just tiny bits will help them warm themselves. Uh, I've also put some garlic, uh, just a cloth, into the water, and it will also help warm them when they are drinking water. Wow. If you put too much, the hens won't like the taste of water and they won't drink it. So you have to balance it out. Okay. So usually I put one one cloth, two if they are little, in a 200-liter cover drum. So you don't need much, but okay. it's really effective. And the last one, if you there is some type of worms that go and they do a Y in the in the sorry I miss my word uh, no, in no. their necks and, and, and right. in, her, in her throats exactly. Yeah. And what is happening is she can't really swallow the food really easy. So in order to kill them, uh, it's really easy. The diatomaceous herbs that I've been using for the red mites, I just put some in the grain. And what's going to happen is those tiny pigs are going to kill the worms because it's going to go through the worms and it's going to kill them. So by doing that, I don't get rid of worms, but I have lots of space. But I manage the, the consequences to maintain a healthy, balanced life for my chickens. Tell me, did you make your coops, the current coops that you've got, did you make them yourself? Yep, all of them. Did you get the plans from somewhere or just start? We kind of had an idea of what we wanted because we had the first coop we've built in. One of recommendations is if you can get um, some old windows built in into your chicken coop, it's always nice to be able to go in the coop and be able to see because oh, yeah. it's <laughs> so having some like is a you nice know twi twin walls or um, windows or and just recycle like yeah there is lots on train me on free cycle you can get them for like one dollar or free and yeah. it's just really useful yeah that's a great idea to put a window in um does it need to be double glazed? No. Because <laughs> the single glazed windows you can pick up easy, there, for, as you say, for taking them away. Oh, my goodness. Um, and is there a web page that you go to for all this information that you've got? No, there is multiple, multiple websites you can get information depending on what you have. You have some other diseases which sometimes you cannot cure, and it's part of the life cycle. I had uh, months, uh, three weeks ago, I had one of my hen who died, and I tried to help her. When you really got a, a sick um, hen's recommendation is to put them on on the side, and um, like I tried to give her some apple cider diluted into water it help boost their immune system but sometimes it doesn't work so it's up to you know um yeah. the hands and whatever they are fighting like um personally i believe my hands all my chicks and my hands needs to be able to fight whatever is happening so i'm not doing a really strong quarantine as such because no. i i want to keep the strong ones i don't want to do, like i want to help the the weak ones but if they cannot it's it's part of the life cycle it's yeah. not it's not being mean it's you know life and death are linked and where do you get your uh water dispenser and your feeder from what's the best place to go to in new zealand for that material 
or the so the water I bought it on train me because I wanted the cup with the treadles which I could as uh, a chicken needs to move okay. because I, I had most of the uh, stuff you can get is really for um, what we call uh, piping systems but okay. not for low pressure and because I wanted to get the water from the roof I have low pressure systems so it needs to work without pressure. So this is what I'm looking at. Uh, the, the, the pedal feeder we have made it from wood, so that you have lots of map, um, lot of uh, plans you can find on uh, on internet. If you don't want to make one, my recommendation, even so, I didn't have one, is on train me. They sell they sell a lot of Grandpath feeder. Okay. Which is actually a pedal feeder uh, in metal, and it's, it's the same principle. The chicken step in and can eat, and mm. uh, it's made so that the weight of the rats won't be able to open the pedal feeder. So only your okay. chickens will be able to open it. Okay. And it if you want to train your chicken to use the pedal feeder, it's quite easy. The first week, you just put a really big uh, brick on the pedal and leave it open, so the chicken knows the food is here. And then the second week, you put um, uh, your bricks, but smaller, so it's half open. So the chicken has to step on it to be able to finish to open it to be able to feed. And the last week, you just remove the, uh, the brick, and the chicken will knows it needs to step in. So and then once you got one, we got it. Everyone will go, is going to get it. Do you have a uh, web page or Facebook page where you put up? stories about your hens no i don't i'm off the grid good idea <laughs> good idea now i just wondered because i'd like i'd like to follow someone that was doing it and i could see the pictures and see how they do it and see how they make all the stuff um my little problem is and i know this is silly you know how you can be scared of the dark or scared of spiders i'm actually scared of hens i hear that and i don't know why but I sort of look at them, and when they look at me, I think, ooh, I don't know. And I, 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 I mean, I like most things. I'm sure I'd get over it if I had them, because you'd have to pick them up and then kill them, and I'd get quite used to it, and I'd eat their eggs, and I'd, I would end up probably loving them to bits. But um, I just have to overcome that little thing, and that's been um, my my reluctance. It's just, and I think it's because. When we were kids, we used to work collecting eggs at an egg farm, and they were jammed into these cages, and you'd walk into the shed, and there'd be a pile of manure, you know, like half a metre high. It seemed like a mountain when you're sort of seven or eight years old. And then um, these hens, the noise of these hens, and they were sticking their head through the wire and they'd pulled all their feathers off. And um, and then the eggs would roll out on this little wire cage and you'd just go along pushing a trolley, gathering up the eggs. My sisters used to do it and I, they'd be babysitting me and I'd have to go and help them. And walking into that bloody barn, it was shed filled with these screaming hens. It was like hell on earth to me as a little kid, and I'd be looking at these things. I still ate eggs, by the way. It never put me off eggs. But those screaming, squawking hens, it was just awful. So maybe them happily gailing, heading into the bush and living on scraps and having a nice, warm little roost, maybe that would help me get over that. 
Yeah. It's actually uh, like if everyone had only had one or two hands in their garden, which most of the people could do really easy. Yeah. Like it's going to reduce this amounts of hands which are going to be caged up or yeah. free arranging because what you have to know is as free arranging means that the, the hands is allowed to go outside, but most of the hands are animals of habits. So if you have a tiny door at the end of your shed, and even though they are free-ranging and they could go outside, you probably have 10% of them who are going outside. The rest of them just keep inside because they don't know what is outside. And this well, is that's where funny. The... That's funny because I've noticed with all this hoopla that now they're all free-range because of government rules and the supermarket saying they've got to be certified and all this. I've noticed no change in the eggs. And I noticed that when you buy them from a farm, the eggs are almost too rich. You get quite a shock because they yeah. taste so strong. You're sort of not used to it. And you think, oh, gosh, that egg is overpowering because it's so strong. The supermarket eggs, to me, haven't changed despite all the hoopla. And that's what's happened, right? It's just pretend fake. Uh, I don't what? know exactly what's happened. Like, I, I cannot say. I didn't go on the phone. Okay. But what I know is um, it's for her hens. Animal, hens are animals of habits. And if you don't train them into going outside, they won't go outside. No. No. So uh, it's a bit like I go to the I bake bread and you go to the supermarket and you buy this so called sourdough bread and I swear that's not sourdough bread. God knows I've never been <laughs> rude enough to ask him, but that's that's not sourdough bread. There's no way. Well, you're from France, you know what good bread is. That stuff in the supermarket's disgusting. Um, and I think maybe when I get into this, the eggs would be the same. Oh well, you're very encouraging and. Would you encourage a beginner to have a rooster? Not in town. No, no, but if you're not in but, town. Yeah, roosters are great, especially if you have lots of space because they protect your hands. So they okay. will protect your your hands against um, um, falcons, uh, any birds they will help uh, keep them secured. And this is where you need a good rooster. And this is also why it's important to have a multiple rooster because you, it's not about the good looking. A rooster needs to take care of the hens and not yeah. go and, like and jump man. on them and go and jump on the next one. Is is the feathering of all of them, and you need to feel them protected so they all come to him when they feel threatened. He needs to go look for food and call them when he finds something interesting. He needs to take care of them. It's really important. But a good rooster. Definitely, it's really worth it. Any mean rooster, don't keep it. Any mean rooster is going to be mean to your children, is going to be mean to you, anyone, even the hens. And usually it's not a good thing because the hens learn from each other and you are going to have other mean hens and other mean rooster learning okay. from that. So okay. only keep the good ones for your sanity and for your flock sanity in the future. Don't believe it's a temporary thing. Some stuff, like my first hands, one of my first hands was one in a wild one, and she learned from little that she needed to hide when there is falcons. And even nowadays, there's still the chicken are still raising an alarm and hiding into the bush if there is a falcon or another bird falling above. My goodness. Like, um, are the roosters very – I know you, you're not in town, but for your sake, do the roosters start screaming and crowing in the morning and waking you up, or are they not too bad? No, they're not too bad, but the chicken coop is a bit further away. But what I would say, it's a habit. You know, it's like um, – 
it's part of the life cycle. So yeah. we well, we it's part of our our noise yeah, environment. Have, like yeah. it's um I've learned on on internet which uh someone managed to stop having a rooster crowing by making him understand that he was the main rooster. And it's a lot of tra- of of training. <laughs> yeah, funny. Uh, they and, must have a, of, they must have a very small brain and still be able to learn. It's extraordinary. They are allies. So you'll find out you were saying they look stupid, but actually you have some stupid ones, but you have some really clever ones. They mm. are not all the same. They actually have characters. And going back to that, Rooney, I would say if you tend to pick up uh, a chicks, like the one that doesn't, was starting to be feathered, that doesn't need a heat lamp, that's the best way to start because we started this way and one of one of our two first hand were gray or pigeons. And because they were quite small, the other ones were picking on them. And one day we opened the coop and they went under our arms and we they were like, You are my mummy and everything. And after that, it was bonding forever. We feed them on our shoulders. So she would climb on the shoulder and she would eat from our hands. She was really clever. She was really she That's was a good idea. Of, I should start with little chickens that are past the heat lamp stage yeah because when they are little you learn quite a bit and you can start to understand how they are because chickens is a world on their own it's like every animals everything that's in the world this it's a learning curve and it's not about getting in set it's about learning the relationships like we also have <laughs> turkeys and ducks and we have been having ducks for maybe four years now and I'm not competent yet with ducks because I don't know yet how to make sure they hatch. So I've learned it's part of the hen and everything. But I, 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 I have not much competence compared to the hens, which is I spent more time with them. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, what a wonderful story. Oh, I'm encouraged. And isn't it interesting because you drive past and you see a chicken coop and you think, oh, yeah, they've got hens, but you don't think of the personalities and the relationships and what they're learning and what the kids are learning off them, particularly if you go through the whole life cycle. I was going to make a joke uh, halfway through this because um, Matt Walsh in What is a Woman uh, asked, <laughs> asked one of the professors of gender studies whether that hen laying an egg could really be a rooster. Um, which always makes me laugh every time I think of it, because um, I imagine your kids know the difference between a rooster and a hen, and they know about the patriarchy and the role of the rooster and the role of the hen, not just in terms of reproduction, but also in terms of protection, which is something if they were going to school, they would would be confused about. So I can see the value. I can see the value of learning about the patriarchy and what a good rooster does, uh, and what a bad rooster doesn't, and that uh, the the roles of the rooster and the hen um, are well defined biologically and for the purposes of looking after that next generation. You're on Rally Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. We've been talking hens, roosters, chickens. Eggs, chicken coops, feed, water, the benefits of having hens. And I think I'm sold. It'll be like Wally. Once you get thinking about it and talking about it, you feel yourself empowered into this world. And we were talking about it with a lovely listener who contacted us, answered my cry. Come and I need someone to come on and talk about uh, hens and what you need to do and how hard is it. Didn't seem too hard. Water, food. 
Um, and there's three diseases to worry about. And if there's something else they get, uh, let them die or kill them and eat them. Um, which is the next step, I guess, in the process. It was Clem, who's this great New Zealander, loving New Zealand, come from France, had three Kiwi kids, uh, living the great life and teaching us all. Uh, remember, send us a text, 2057, give us your hen story. Uh, email me, inbox at radio. That was a wonderful talk about hens. I'm, I'm intrigued by them. This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m.